0: Chapter 15, and it's verses 1 to 17. Words of Jesus from John's Gospel I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. worship God tonight. Let's ask that he would speak to us from his word. Let's pray together, church. God, it's great to be together in your house tonight. And our heart and our soul does sing because, uh, God, we, we know you and we love you and we know that you love us. And, God, that life uh, disconnected from you is, uh, is one that is not fruitful. God, we pray tonight that as we listen to your word and as we hear Andrew speak, that you would speak to us. God, we thank you for the way you have been speaking to us as a church. I want to thank you for the things that you have done and birthed in the hearts and lives of people over many, many years. God, thank you for ministries that have begun with just a, a an impression that you have given people and have grown into ministries that are reaching many people. God, we thank you for our kids' church and for our youth and the many different programs that we offer as a church to help you transform lives. And God, we just rejoice with the Mustard Seed ministry. Uh, we, we thank you that this uh, counselling centre is beginning tomorrow. We just ask your blessing upon it, God, for Gail as she uh, leads this ministry as the director and for Mary Miles as she uh, also counsels people as a senior counsellor. And God, for each person that comes, we pray that they would be helped, that they would hear from you, and that they would be helped in their lives. And God, that they would go away feeling and knowing that you love them and have a plan for their lives. God, we pray for life force as it begins this week. We thank you for the many lives that you have touched through this ministry. And we pray for life force and crown ministries as they begin. And God, would you just do an amazing work, of those that are involved in this ministry God we pray that each participant would know you speaking to them God we thank you for what you're doing this is just what you promised Lord Jesus to do to build your church to build it with people that have strong faith in you let grow from week to week from day to day from moment to moment Lord we want to be those that are remaining in
1: Right, thanks a lot. Well, it's great to come together tonight and to come around God's Word and to see what He'd have to say to us. Um, just a little bit more background about myself. Um, yeah, my wife and I obviously come in the morning services. We came at night once a few weeks ago, and our boys just continually ran in and out that door at the back there about a hundred times during the service. They couldn't really last, so we thought we'd better stick to the mornings when the kids' program's on. But um, for me, I became a Christian when I was sixteen years old. Um, I started going along to church not because I wanted to. Get right with God, but because I wanted to meet some new friends and um, it worked for that, um, but even more so and much more importantly, after a couple of months I got to meet God and realized that being a Christian is not about being kind of really good but it 's about being forgiven and it 's by his forgiveness and god 's grace that we get to heaven and that was such a life such an incredibly life transforming message for me, and one which changed me so much that it just made me think, well, that is just the things of God are just so much more important than anything in life at all. So it kind of set me on this path towards being a minister and now being a chaplain in the army, but wanting to serve God and realising that that's just such an important thing to serve God and to see people grow in his love and come to know him. Anyway, so tonight's passage is a good little one here, John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. And as we come on to this passage, I'd like you just to think back for a minute to this time one year ago, April last year, And um, make some comparisons with back then as to how you're going now. And think over this last 12 months, have you grown in your understanding of Jesus? And have you grown as one of his disciples? And are you walking more closely with him and following him and allowing your life to be deeply impacted by him? Such an important thing to do in the Christian life and especially with this passage tonight is to make sure that you hear the words of Jesus but not just hear them but put them into practice. So tonight we're looking at these things that Jesus said to his closest disciples on the night before he went to the cross. Now being the night before he went to the cross and as God he, he knows everything and that would be quite a scary thought knowing that he would be going on the cross the next day but it meant that he knew that was his last night So he had this one kind of last opportunity to really sit down with his disciples and to talk to them about all the most important things. And that's what we see in that whole narrative from kind of John 13 to about John 17 or so. But in John chapter 14, the previous one, Jesus, uh, there's that classic verse, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And also Jesus saying, "In, in my Father's house there are many rooms and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And Jesus goes on to tell them that he's about to go away, but they shouldn't be afraid or scared. But this is, in fact, a good thing because the Holy Spirit is coming who can live inside of them and empower them and teach them every step of the way. So we're on to John chapter 15. And here we see, if you've got your Bibles there, um, keep them open as we go through the passage a little bit here. Um, Jesus often uses some sort of imagery or a picture, an illustration of when he wants us to understand something. Jesus wants us to understand things and he wants us to remember it. He wants it to kind of stick in our minds and to change the way we live. So here tonight, in this passage, he uses some gardening imagery. Who who here has a garden that they look after? Okay, does anyone here have a garden that they destroy? (laughs) Yeah, maybe the parents garden at the back, smash it up whenever you feel like it. That's the way. Kick a football round and knock the plants over if if that happens. Anyway, some gardening imagery. And he says in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And in verse 5 he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. So vines can be really amazing sort of plants. You get some good ones and some bad ones. Some of the bad ones kind of grow up and they kill and strangle good plants and they can be a real pest. And some other vines can be really nice. They might have good fruit on them or nice grapes growing on them. Now, I've, I've read that in England there's a place called Hampton Court. And in this place called Hampton Court, there's a grapevine which is approximately 1,000 years old. That's amazing. Now, this grapevine has one single root that goes into the ground and that root's about 80 centimetres or so thick. Some of its branches are about 70 metres long. This one vine produces over 1,000 kilograms of grapes every year. Now, some of the smaller branches are well over 50 metres from the central hub of the vine, but as long as they stay connected to the source of nutrients, they stay alive and they keep getting nourished and strengthened. But if a plant out there gets cut off from that central source of nutrients, it dies very quickly. Now think about why did Jesus use this imagery of the vine and the garden to illustrate his point? And I think it is because he hopes that through using this picture that we'll understand what he's saying, that we'll remember it and really have it stick in our minds and apply to our lives. And that's what this whole passage is about, about how he's the vine and we are the branches. Right from the start of the passage, we see that it's really important to be fruitful. Now it goes without saying that a It's good for a vine or a fruit tree to produce fruit. The quality is important and also the quantity, the amount of it is important as well. And if like a fruit tree is not producing any good fruit, then it's really wasting its time. A flower bush should produce good flowers and if it's not, then it's not healthy. In the same way, if someone's a chef, if they call themselves a chef, they'll cook up some food and if he's doing his job, he'll produce something, hopefully of decent quality, hopefully edible, and hopefully nice and healthy as well. But think about this. If a chef calls himself a chef but never produces any food, then he's not really a chef at all. He's only pretending to be a chef or dreaming of being a chef at some point in the future. But think this through this whole example. In a healthy situation, a fruit tree produces fruit, a chef produces some food, and a vine produces healthy branches that stay connected and they really produce some fruit from there. In the same way with this, if we are committed followers of Jesus, there will be fruit in our lives. There'll be some evidence of a changed life and will make a positive impact on the world. So in this passage, Jesus says that each one of us is like a branch of the vine. If we're healthy and things are working well, we will be fruitful. Now think for a moment, what is fruitfulness all about? What is the definition of Being fruitful. I think it's a fairly broad concept. It's not just about being successful or making lots of money or having a great time in life or being healthy. But broadly speaking, I think it's all about each one of us finding our God-given place in life. Being fruitful is about every one of us staying connected to God and all of us knowing who God wants us to be and what He wants us to do and then getting on with that with all our heart. That's what fruitfulness is all about, being in the right place, living for God and letting his nutrients flow through us and to flow beyond us. So how are you going with that sort of thing at the moment? On a kind of scale of 1 to 10, I won't ask you to put your hand up and call out numbers or anything, but on a scale of 1 to 10 of fruitfulness at the moment, how would you feel you might be going? Could you give yourself a 7 or 8 out of 10? Maybe a 10 out of 10. Or maybe a 2 or 3 out of 10. Maybe you're a 7 out of 10 this time last year, but you've dropped a bit You need to get things together again. Anyway, it's helpful to be able to do some good self-reflection in that way to make sure that we're finding our place in life and being fruitful for God. Now, I think the trees and the shrubs and the vines that we see in our gardens, they really notice the effects of the seasons from summer to winter and everything in between. And in the same way, all of us, I think we go through summer and winter and autumn and spring. We go through some very pleasant days in our lives and we also go through some fairly rough weather. We all have our ups and downs in life. But generally speaking, and throughout all those ups and downs that we might experience, if we are planted in the right place and we're seeking God, we're connected to Him, then we will be fruitful. That is, we will be effective in fulfilling our God-given place in life. Now, going on to verse 2 of our passage, we see that God does a lot of pruning. The verse there says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So, God prunes the branches that do produce fruit, and He also prunes the one that, ones that don't produce fruit. So, He prunes every branch. So it would be right to say that if God is not pruning you, then you're not a branch. But God has said at the start that we're all branches of this vine, so God is actively pruning us at the time. God is in the business of pruning, but we don't need to fear because God loves us and he has our best interests at heart. He knows everything we're feeling and everything that we're doing and thinking. But even that said, the process can be quite a painful one. Now... Pruning is an important part of gardening. I'm no expert at gardening at all. Um, I hasn't been many times in my life when I've been entrusted with the responsibility of looking after a garden. There was one time up near Newcastle a couple of years ago. I was entrusted with this responsibility and there were some weeds and some grass growing in the wrong place. So I got out the big spray and it said, you know, dilute it like 100 to 1 so it won't be so strong. And I thought, oh, kind of 50-50 should do. That should be all right. So I got it and I sprayed it, you know, around the edges there. And it ended up being very strong and it kind of leached its way into the whole garden and like took out this incredibly large patch of garden for me at the time. And a few plants had just put in a few weeks ago and it was a disaster. So at the moment I've got a garden there's hardly any plants in it at all and things are much better off that way. And anyway, the point is I'm no, I'm no expert at gardening but I know about pruning. And I know that, you know, left on their own... Um, Vines and grapevines, especially, produce lots of shoots and leaves and hardly any grapes at all. So, the gardener has to be merciless. He needs to get stuck in there and really harshly prune the plant back. By pruning, he can cause a plant to grow in a certain shape and he can cause it to produce many more flowers and fruit and to be much more healthier in the long term. Now, in pruning a plant, a gardener has good intentions, doesn't he? He doesn't go in there trying to kill the plant. But it's a very harsh process. He comes up with a big tool and he cuts part of the plant off and that causes that part of the branch to be disconnected and to die. Now, I think does anyone here believe that trees have feelings? Okay, that's good. Imagine for a minute if trees had feelings and if they had eyes as well. And they could see this gardener coming with his big clippers at the time. He's thinking, he's about to cut my arm off. Imagine how fearful that tree would be. He'd terribly be screaming, no, no, he'd be running away if he had legs as well, but he doesn't, so he's stuck there and he ends up getting his arms chopped off and he's very scared and upset. It's a very emotional day for our friend, Mr. Tree. Anyway, so the tree's there and he gets parts of him cut off and it's a very sad thing for him. But it's kind of a sense of like, I know it hurts, but it's for your benefit. And I think the tree would probably disagree at the time. Now, just as a tree would disagree with um, being pruned, I think all of us disagree with it when we get pruned. Think about when difficult times come in our lives. Things which might cause, we might get into some sort of a financial crisis and we have to curb our spending in some way. We don't like those times. Or we might lose a friend or a loved one. That's a real time of pruning. We don't like it, but through it, God can bring good things. There are those sort of times that come our way all the time. But the fact is, it's an amazing process by which when we go through a hard time, even a time of loss or whatever it might be, God blesses us as part of that process. He blesses us as he prunes us in our lives. It takes a real step of faith to believe that, doesn't it? To believe that God always has good intentions. Because sometimes we feel like, God let some pretty nasty stuff happen to me in the past you might think that you might think God what are you doing did you not realise what I'm going through it's like well he does realise what you're going through he loves you but he's allowing you to go through some hard stuff sometimes so he can prune us and shape us into the way that he wants us to be but in the midst of our greatest struggles God really blesses us with his strength and his presence in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul talks about an especially hard time that he went through And he says how he learnt firsthand the truth that we come to know and experience God's power most of all in the midst of our own weakness. God said to him in 2 Corinthians 12, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then he goes on to say, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So these times of weakness which we go through from time to time, they are a very special opportunity to know God's power and strength. And when you cling to God and when you seek him wholeheartedly, he meets with you. And he grows you through those hard times in life. That's probably in the midst of some of those hardest times which you've had the most times of growing. For myself, in the last few years, I definitely had some hard times. Um, my wife and I had, before we had our two kids that we have now, we had a miscarriage before that. And that was just one of the most difficult times we've ever been through. And there was nothing good about it whatsoever. But out of that time, and as I was able to only realise this looking back on it, we really experienced the power and presence of God through that time. Other times I might have had of losing a friend or having some difficulties with whatever things. Those times are all difficult too. But everything that you go through is a special opportunity to grow closer to God. God may be pruning you. If he is pruning you, he's doing that so that you can grow and so that you can be even more fruitful than before. It's a painful process, isn't it? I think all of us go through painful things every year, but it's an awesome thing. And at the end, you look back with incredible joy and satisfaction. At all times, you just have to trust God that he knows what he's doing and that he hasn't forgotten about us and that he's working powerfully in our lives. So there's a few important keys to being fruitful. Allowing God to prune you, seeking him through the good times and the bad. And thirdly, think about a tree and how it works. The end goal is that a fruit tree would produce lots of good fruit. But a tree does not produce good fruit by striving to produce good fruit. Instead, what a tree does is it strives hard to sink its roots, roots deeply into the soil. So it's not so much trying to reach out for the sunlight and try its best to grow as best it can, but it's just sinking its roots deep down, deeper and deeper and deeper. And often the root system is much bigger than the, the tree is above the ground. But by doing through that, the roots can find nutrients and water and good soil and then from that, they become really fruitful. I think in our lives sometimes, if you compare us to a tree a little bit, we're like a tree who's just kind of there and he's got a small amount of roots and he's just trying to reach out as much as he possibly can, trying his best to grow. But instead of doing that, what we need to do is sink our roots deeply into God. God is the source of all nutrients and growth and all good things in life. And the more we can sink ourselves into him, sink our foundations into him, the more we will be fruitful. We will get that health and good strength going and spiritual maturity. Obviously, the way to do that is in God's word. As we take time in God's word every day, hopefully, hopefully even more than once a day, to spend time in God's word hearing what he has to say to us. That is the foundation, the bedrock of a life that is fruitful. And we all want to be fruitful, don't we? We all want to be fruitful for sure. We read about this in Psalm chapter 1, the first three verses of Psalms. We read, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers. So here we see it's all about hearing God's word and letting him grow inside of us. And as we deeply hear his word and allow him to move us and change us and we respond to him then we are changed by it. And as we develop that hunger for God's word more and more and we spend time in his word we actually get hungrier. For more of God's word, which is a wonderful thing. So it's like once we read a bit of the Bible, it's not like our appetite gets satisfied, then we put it aside for a while, but we just get blessed by it so much that we want to spend more and more time in there. Then his fruit in our lives really shows. The great verse is in Galatians 5 verse 22. We read about the fruit of the spirit, that is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're all wonderful things. And I'm sure that every one of us would like to feel more joy, to feel more love for others, more kindness and more self-control. And the way we get to a point of experiencing those feelings more is not by seeking directly after them, but it's as we seek after God and we're nourished by Him that He fills us in that way. And when that good fruit is appearing in our lives, we feel good about ourselves, don't we? It's great when you're feeling a sense of love for other people and you're feeling joyful about life. It's a fantastic thing when God blesses us and grows within us. And even more importantly, God is glorified when all that stuff goes on. In verse 8 of our passage, we read that when we remain in him and bear fruit, God is glorified and we are shown to be his disciples. When God is glorified, when God's name is held in high regard because of the fruit in our lives, that's an awesome thing and it's something that's definitely worth striving, up, striving after. Now a really common theme in John's Gospels and John's letters as well is, is that of love. He mentions love a lot, especially in the first letter of John towards the end of the Bible, but also in his Gospel. And especially here what we see through John 13, 14 and 15 is that love is evidenced through obedience and sacrifice. In John 13, he says we need to love one another as I have loved you and that by this everyone will know that we are his disciples. Then in John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. That's a challenge, isn't it? If we love God, we will obey him every step of the way. Then here in the second half of John 15, he keeps on reminding us of this concept. He says, Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Then he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends." So if we allow God to truly and deeply change us by his love, then we'll spend our time loving other people. That's not the sort of love that sits in the grandstands of life and just looks on, but it's the sort of love that's down on the field making sacrifices, getting dirty, and putting in a huge effort. Now, I sometimes think of life as a bit like a, a bit like a sporting match, a bit like a game, game of football, Aussie rules down here, rugby league up north. But anyway, think of think of life sometimes as a bit of a football match or a sporting event and sometimes I think you know it's the challenge not so much to score the goal down the end but the challenge is to love other people and sometimes I wish it was a bit more like a lawn bowls game you know you're up there and do this and then give a couple of claps to it and it goes well it's not really much of a sport at all is it I don't think it really deserves to be called a sport But sometimes we wish it was like that. It's just nice and clean and smooth, let it go and hope it goes all right and it's all over from there. But that sense of like no exertion, don't get dirty, don't get punched or tackled or anything like that. I wish life was that easy. But I think life is actually a lot more often like a football game. When you've got the ball especially, you become a target. You get tackled, you find yourself in the mud I think that's what it's more like when you're out there, especially watching the football, whether it's rugby union or league or soccer or Aussie rules or whatever, especially when it's just absolutely pouring with rain. And you see the guys out there just getting plastered and getting so muddy, it's just not funny. Actually, it's very funny. That's why it's so good. But I think that's what life is a bit more like. It's a bit of a battlefield where you're out there and sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes you get muddy. When you make an effort... You get tired and you get very worn out. Now, I think if we compare this whole, this whole kind of parallel with a sense of it's not that we're trying to score a goal down the other end, but we're trying to love other people. And when we're trying to love other people, sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we get very tired. Sometimes it's a very hard thing. I think that's the sort of love that is real love, love that takes a huge effort. And that's the sort of love that our God is calling us to have for one another. Jesus Christ made an enormous sacrifice for us. He didn't just get bashed up and hurt, he got killed. And if you've seen the movie of the Passion, has everyone seen that movie? The Mel Gibson produced one? I thought it was incredible and very powerful. Just seeing how much, not just that Jesus died on the cross, but how much he suffered before he actually got there. And he did all that because he loves us so much. So he made a huge sacrifice in what he did for all of us so that we can be forgiven and that we can become right with God. So he made a great sacrifice for us and in the same way we need to make a sacrifice for God and for the people around us. We need to love people and sometimes we might get betrayed after we love that person or we might get hurt but God calls us to keep on doing it. Jesus says, Remain in me, remain in my love live with a constant awareness of my love for you then you will love the people around you and the great thing is that when we allow the love of god to change us and affect us we will bear fruit that will glorify god and that will not just last for a week or two but for all eternity often you get a piece of fruit and if it's a banana you leave it there in the fruit bowl and if you haven't eaten it after a week or so it turns a bad color and doesn't taste any good anymore so it's a shame when fruit doesn't last I wish you could have fruit that would last forever and it's just always there for when you want to eat it. Here Jesus is saying when you love God, when you live for him, you will bear fruit that lasts forever. In verse 16 he says you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So we've been blessed so much that we can be a blessing to others. We've received God's love and forgiveness, Now we can go and love people with that same love. We often do things in life which only have a temporary impact or only get remembered for a certain amount of time. But the good news is, the really encouraging news, that when we show God's love to people through our life and when we allow God to bless people through us, maybe by preaching the gospel to them or by just helping them and serving them in their time of need, when we do that stuff, people's lives are changed for all eternity. We leave an eternal, permanent deposit in their lives. What an encouraging thing. And what a good reason for us to go the extra mile, to serve the people around us, to journey with them and to love them with the love of God. So God asks us to abide in him and to be connected with him. And when we do that, we'll be fruitful. We'll have more love for the people around us and we'll be able to lay our lives down for other people bit by bit in loving people with the love of God. But above all, we need to remember that image of the vine that I talked about at the start. It's this enormous vine. The branches are a long way away, but as long as they stay connected, they'll be alive and they'll be fruitful. So let's stay connected to God and live for him every step of the way. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done for us. Lord, your love is so amazing and so constant and unchanging. And Lord, sometimes we take your love for granted, but help us especially tonight and right now just to really appreciate your love and permanence once again. Thank you for how good you are to every one of us and we pray that you'd help us to always want to be so closely and intimately connected to you. And Lord, as we keep up that connection with you by keeping in your word and speaking with you and listening to you regularly, we pray that you would just really let your love shine in our lives. Lord, may that fruit really come, help us to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit more and more, and we pray that you would bless other people through us. We thank you for your love and your goodness and kindness, and we pray for the, the future ministry of this church in the next few months and few years. May people's lives keep on being touched by your love and your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen.